Hello and welcome to the Volunteer Firefighter Podcast, where we listen into a group of rural firefighters as they give their opinions on the challenges they face both on and off the fireground. We release a new episode every week, so please hit that subscribe button, leave us a rating, and share this with your fire family and friends. Now on to this week's episode, where as always, we ask the question, are you DTFF? Free. 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 <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Volunteer Firefighter Podcast. On the road. On the road. Road trip. <laughs> my name is Carl and tonight I am joined by three members of my firefighting family. I have Scott. What? What? I just drank something. Hello. What are you at them? Nope. I have Ash. Hey guys. And I got Todd. Hello. And the DTFF boys went on tour. We are uh, in Nelson, BC, and uh, we came down here for a seminar the, today. Summit. Seminar, summit? It's called a summit. It's a summit seminar? Mm-hmm. No. Uh, I don't know what the difference is. I don't know. Is there a difference? There might yeah. be. Well, it's a summit conference. There you go. Yeah. So Sounds more important. Yeah. yeah. Maybe they couldn't decide. It was the uh, the ATACC, also known as Attack Group Emergency Summit Conference. 2019. It was great. It was a great, great day. Uh, Todd, did you find out what attack stood for? Oh, we just found out. Uh, anesthesia? Yeah, the anesthesia... Uh, <laughs> yeah. Anesthesia, trauma, something, critical care? Sure. That works. Okay. <laughs> anesthesia, trauma, critical care. Yes. Yay! The other A was the end. Critical care. Yeah. Yes. Uh-huh. It was good. It was solid. It was a really good day. We um, had a whole bunch of different different presenters coming through. Um, a lot of them were from the UK, um, bringing in all the different bits and pieces that they do, um, and kind of spreading the knowledge that way. It was. I really enjoyed it. There was a lot we learned about. It. So we're going to kind of go through what we went through today. Uh, I'm sure some of you already caught up with some of the the video content and the reviews for the different portions that we we did over the over the day, which was great. Um, and and then maybe some of you even watched the interview that we had with Dr. Nick. What was his name? Ah, Dr. just kidding. Nick Dr. Nick Sparrow. Sparrow. Yeah, we'll somebody, again. somebody maybe forgot his name. It's just you got camera fright or something. But Hi, uh, Dr. Nick. <laughs> Dr. Nick. But it was, uh, it was great. It was a really, really good day, uh, and we learned a lot. So let's start maybe with um, some of the things that we enjoyed today. Scott. Uh, I like the well. I mean, right off the bat, we we learned about some uh, police, um, how the police handle certain incidents. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, we had a there was a uh, an ERT team member who was, I mean, like a SWAT team. If you're in, if you're down in down in the states, he went over some uh, casualty care stuff. How their medics are basically trained to uh, like a paramedic level now, which is pretty cool. And then he talked about. I don't know if that was right away. No, later on he talked to you, discussed on how they, they've they now trained all their officers um, kind of in the TCCC model, which is uh, which is good because, you know, they're, they're all carrying tourniquets, they're all carrying IFACs, which is your individual first aid kit, um, which I think every one of them has a tourniquet, quick clot, or like a hemostatic dressing, and chest seal, I think. Yeah, and some shears, and some shears. Go hand in hand, yeah. So that that was good, and he, and that same officer came back later and talked about how to casualty collection points, and how fire would have fit into that was 
they would enter the warm zone. So they had the they had the casual collection points. I liked how they had it laid out. Like they they eliminate or possibly contain the threat. Um, have officers spread out through the spread out through the building and um, and then have this casualty collection point where where the guys would bring the casualties to that's still in in what's considered the warm zone. And then from there, um, the fire guys would come remove them to an ambulance loading zone or an evacuation zone. Mm-hmm. Um, and the way they, the way he put it was it was a little farther away because uh, that way police cars and other stuff could could park closer to the incident and the ambulances wouldn't be kind of get bogged down and all that stuff. That's kind of cool. Yeah, because that's what they found. It was, I, I can't remember Sandy which Hook. Would, I think it was the Sandy, Sandy Hook yeah. one um, that they found that there's so many cars trying to leave the scene uh, the police cars couldn't get in so they're just parked at the intersections and started running in and then subsequently blocked all the routes for the ambulances to get in. Yeah. So there, so that was a you know I really like that. I mean, because it kind of harkens, harkens, harkens back, harkens back to the um, episode we did on, on that, and we we were kind of discussing what our role would be mm-hmm. in a sort of a school shooting or mass casualty incident like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so that really that kind of really adds to the, adds to the stuff that we've we've already spoken about. Gives us some new ideas, some new angles. Yeah, the uh, the the first portion of his stuff there, where he was going through, was was uh, really informative. And then when he got into the second half later on in the day, just talking about how they how they go, they clear a room, one entrance, guy on the door, yep. that guy there is then monitoring. Or they triage, they triage people. Yeah, right. They bring in the they bring in the critical, um, and you know what I really uh, like another thing I took away was uh, the angel position he was talking about. Yeah, yeah. Like, so back to her. Marking the, the yeah. Piece. So when they after they 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 go through and they they triage in the hot zone, and you know obviously the walking wounded can can go on their own and maybe the the yellows or no I guess the the reds would get carried, and then uh, but then the 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 unknowns yeah the uh, deceased. No, sorry the deceased but would, they didn't want to waste the time for the other yeah. officers right? so rather than wasting the time of other officers and rather than care, putting uh, like deceased people in with viable people because yeah. that, that would be horrible um, they just they put them in what they call the angel position and they I, it was like crossed arms crossed feet and then face down yeah and that way I mean there's no way anyone's going to ever end up that way so right so there's no way anyone's going to end up that way in real life so uh, they just they lay them, like in in a shooting so they laid them that way so that way the next officers that come by they would see them and they'd know right away that those people are are not viable yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah it, was a, it was a really good idea and then they were talking about doing the they, they then set that up for the ambulance or fire crews to then help remove mm. um, either or uh, patients live and deceased and it using was, civilians too using uh, able-bodied civilians possibly to help yeah know, and, they, and they talked about when, when you mentioned triaging they talked about uh, simplifying the triaging methods so not like normal EMS triaging he mentioned he said it was, it was a little bit more uh, complicated so um, this one, they, they really kept it a lot more simpler. Um, so they're reds, like you were saying, you know, they're looking for the penetrating torso trauma, head traumas, unconscious, uncontrolled bleeds, um, you know, then apply a tourniquet and move on. Uh, the yellows, as you mentioned as well, um, you know, they'll, can you control those massive bleeds in extremities, no signs of shock, things like that. So they, they really simple it down. Then you talked about those walking wounded, right? Like using other able-bodied people. So, yeah, there's a lot of really cool stuff. 
Yeah, I like the way that it was very simplified and broken down. And he he said straight up, he's like, you know, <clears throat> a lot of what the paramedic crews and stuff would do and the teaching that they were giving to the officers, it just wasn't viable. When they're going through and doing these things, they need it quick, they need it simple, and they need that process just to be like very just non-thinking, just mobilizing hands and, and, and feet and just doing the thing. Um, and so they created their own system to do it and it it was very basic and it they he said it works and yep. it works well yeah so really 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 good one yeah yeah, yeah and that was literally just one of the presenters there was that was the first one out of the gate yeah. <laughs> that set the tone for the day it did yeah, yeah. It did. pretty cool what about you Todd oh man favorite? favorite I don't know there were there's so many good levels like you said like I liked a lot of really good sp- parts in, in each one no real specific one a lot of them fell into um, a lot of the categories we've been talking about like Scott you said the, the active shooter stuff you know and then the next scenario the next presenter would talk about well how uh, how does rural communities start working together right mm. uh, I think that was my biggest takeaway from it was <clears throat> you know it's a collaborative approach we got we have to get these communities working together better you know stop the pissing matches if there's into uh like interagency fighting and um yeah work to work together uh, we've all been preaching it for years uh small rural areas it's i think we do it fairly well together whereas mm-hmm. when i was working in the city there's a little bit more people butting heads but yeah i don't know i could go on and on i'm sure i'm gonna stop well <clears throat> i think dr sparrow kept saying over and over again the reason why he's doing it and the reason why he's telling everyone just to stop pissing matches is because he took an oath and his oath is to save people not to well, not to argue with other patient people. first yeah. right yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. not to argue with uh, other agencies yeah his oath is to rescue people. patient patient first man that's the thing right? and that was literally that patient first was the the biggest message they were sending for the whole thing it's like it doesn't matter who you are it doesn't matter what job you do what certificates you had yeah you are the protocols say yeah you're all ems Mm -hmm. you're all there to make the situation better and if you're all pissing around fighting in between each other on who can do what and who's doing what you're wasting time and you're not concentrating on the person that you're actually there to help which is in this case the patient right exactly yeah and that was the theme of the day you know nick he, he mentioned that a few times mm-hmm. you know some of his speeches there was uh it's about that collaborative cohesiveness you know every you're all there for that one person yeah. you know so do the right thing work together timely fashioned you know get out there and get it done you know some of the other presenters um uh the other physician from um the uk there Miss Dr. Mark Forrest. Forrest. Yeah, Dr. Mark Forrest. Legend. Uh, amazing speaker. Uh, his stories from being on car in the UK and then in the trauma rooms as well uh, and, and surgery. Man, there's so many takeaways. Yeah. I like him. Education techniques. Because yeah. he was really outside the box. Like his thinking was like, yeah. it's like mm. just, you know, it's not always going to be picture perfect. It's not, you know, what works. And mm-hmm. what if, What's, what did we find out today that works? That was an eye opener. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. so the um, yeah. so the scenario was he, he presented he presented a, a person was trapped in a flood, and they yeah. were underwater. Real life situation. Real life situation. Happened. The guy was drowning. They had rescue divers trying to get him loose. Was totally trapped, starting to drown. Um, it was swift oh, water environment, though. Yeah. Hot, so, he, hot, so, moving water. so he's still able to breathe. I didn't get that part. How he's doing that? Well, they but had they, from they, the they video. 
they literally had the guy's head okay. up and the, the divers were with him holding on to him holding right. his head up mm. but they couldn't get him loose and uh, ended up uh, dying from cold yeah so he was um, yeah I, I, they said hours and hours they tried extricating him Five. and um, then finally he ended up passing with, with uh, the cold yeah. uh, they were managing keeping his head above uh, above the water but it was such a cold environment and uh, water was so murky because it was active flood zone uh, the speed of the water they couldn't get any equipment in there to to uh, help with that entrapment yeah. and uh, then the next thing you know he went unresponsive and went into arrest and they can't run a resuscitation like that in that type of an environment so he mm-hmm. passed and then he said uh, the, the father or someone wanted to take a, a, a truck and pull the pull the guy out like just mm-hmm. like yank him out rip his leg off or whatever's gonna happen mm-hmm. yeah so uh so one of the options, uh, he said. So what, what's an option? What do you guys, what do you guys ha- have? Like, yeah, well, they phone, have. remember he mentioned. They said, well, they they phoned a doc and said, hey, we need to do an infield amputation. Right. And they had somebody look at it. Was like, yeah, there's no way we can amputate in that type of an environment uh, with like surgical knives and mm-hmm. and stuff like properly, right? And anesthesia, pain management. There's no way. It's not safe. It's not conducive to it. So yeah. So then his question was, so what do you, what do we have that could do it? And we're all kind of sitting there and. Uh, I looked over to Ash, and Ash kind of, I could see a light bulb in his head, and he goes, uh, "What about the, what about the cutters, like the, like the hydraulic cutters, extrication, yeah, extrication cutters. cutters," and I was like, "Huh," and then uh, what, what pops up on the PowerPoint? Picture of some homultro cutters, <laughs> and yeah, and then, and then it got crazy <laughs> because then we, had, then we got to see video, yeah, <laughs> video evidence of it, and that was pretty next level to see it, so. We're sort of looking back, back and forth, and I mean that was to say, not that moment. I mean that was one of the coolest parts of the day for sure. But the takeaway for me for the whole for the whole weekend was that thinking outside the box. There's so much of that, but for this, they show okay. Well, hey, like what are some of these other options? So we we kind of look look back and forth. I'm like, oh, how about the cutters, right? So they show a photo of the. Of the uh, tools there, and then it goes to a video. Well, we grabbed a couple of pigs, and we thought we'd do a quick test cut. Because because they were worried it was going to be like really uh, like, crushing, more crushing, yeah. really horrible crush cut, mm-hmm. and just, yeah, disaster. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they do the first cut, and it shows that, and very clean, super clean, a very clean cut, like, and quick, yeah, like, like quick. A couple seconds, it was through. It was clean. Um, well, then they put it under the microscope, looked at the fibers of the tissues, mm-hmm. looked at the bone fractures, and they said it was surprisingly clean breaks, right? Clean yeah. Cuts. Yeah. And I mean, <laughs> something like that, you know, in that environment, like they couldn't see under, under the water, but if you could feel, yeah. you get yourself to that leg, you can free that person. I mean, it's definitely life over limb. So the yeah. next slide. So then shit got real. Because <laughs> yeah. it wasn't a slide. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was a video. It was another video. <laughs> Of a uh, human leg. <laughs> yeah, that was donated. Yeah. yeah. So. A full on real human leg. Cadaver. Yeah. I got it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 it wasn't a lot of Just person. some guy. Some yeah. guy walked yeah. in and he needed 50 bucks. But that really, yeah. got, everybody's, that really got everybody's attention. Mm-hmm. Did. And yeah, yeah, they showed the, the cutters go right through it. Yeah, and again, yeah. super, super clean. On, on the human, there was a little small hanging skin tissue at the end. Shears or scalpel would take off. Yeah, yeah, it'd be another. Yeah. Couple yeah. seconds to to finish yeah. that up, but the rest of it was e- equally clean. That was the other thing you said. A couple seconds, like 
they were worried about how long it was going to take for the cutters to do it, right? Yeah. And remember, they're talking about well, this uh, a surgeon who can do a field amputation in the right environment can do it in I can't remember a matter of seconds, mm-hmm. right? To, to do it, and then they said the cutters were six seconds, seven seconds, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> something incredibly yeah. fast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that was uh, definitely an eye opener. It was an interesting video mm-hmm. for sure. I mean, I think I said, well. You just gotta have the balls to do it. <laughs> so that would be something. That'd be like, dude. yeah. <laughs> We're yeah. not the call on this one. Right away. Oh, I, I see. I put myself on that scene, and like, it's easy to armchair that when you're sitting at a table watching. Like, oh, sure, yeah, I'll cut I, I'll the cutters. But put yourself in that position. Be like, all right, can somebody run to the truck and grab grab me the cutters? Oh, what do you want them for? Yeah. Uh, His we're going to take this guy's leg off. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Who wants to run them? Yeah. Usually everyone wants to run cutters on an accident yeah. scene. Mm-hmm. I don't think anyone's running to run the cutters and chopping someone's leg off. I think it was the it was that conversation of the justification of it, right? Like, yeah. how far? Who makes the call? Like, how far do you need to get? How many yeah. phone calls had to go out prior to Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, where are you at? And then, and then he made a very very valid point okay you don't have time now to make that phone call but you have the tools and the means to get that person out and save their life yep. do yep. you do it yep. and yep. he said I'd make that call every time yep. well and he said to a couple of people I have made that call now mm-hmm. yeah, been, yeah. Like two, there's been two known cases of it yep. using that using that cutters yeah that's a save yeah. right so yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. and that again speaks to us in that you know smaller rural setting um, you know, we don't have these, you know, elite teams that can can respond in a really short yeah, amount of time. Trauma center. Yeah, yeah trauma. We're not going to see those guys responding for. Like they're going to be coming from the north. They're an hour and change away. Well, one yeah. thing that they, uh, the guy, one of the other guys from the UK. There, I think everybody's from the UK today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were. Um, but yeah, we actually know other people that aren't from the, the UK. I just want to flip Well, the Ertzar is from Toronto. Yeah, okay, there you go. Yeah. So, but the other UK guy, yeah, like he he posted a, a picture of how big the UK is compared to how big our province is, and it was like a little tiny, like it's like took up nothing of yeah. our province. And then he says, "Yeah, I can't wrap my head around because he goes, you know, the um, they're only like an hour. Their rural setting is an hour away from any trauma center." Mm-hmm. And then they're like, but you guys are, your nearest trauma center is like, what? There's like eight hours by road or something? And yeah. yeah, it's a crazy area. Like, we can be hours and hours and hours away from a trauma center by road, even by helicopter. But I think, like, you know, putting it into context for, for our area, and because we don't have these resources, uh, that's why another big takeaway was don't. it's not just on the onus of the medics making that call. Yeah. You know, like, sure, it's, they're the ones that are going to be making those phone calls, but it's a team approach. Like, we, if we're in the, in the role as uh, fire officers and our departments are with the tools, we're part of that team. You know, that is the commander that gets that conversation going. We say, hey, what are, what, what are the options? This is what we can do if you're going down that route, you know, and get that stuff going early. Mm-hmm. Because I can only imagine if I was the medic and knowing, okay, this is how long this guy's trapped for, this is how long he's got left to live. Uh, like they talked about with that um, drowning where the guy, yeah. where the kid um, dr- uh, died, you know, like he, they said, well, we can't, we can't hook him up to a truck and yank away, he'll tear his leg off, huh. but he's gonna live, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, like so. W- what do you do? He would have been alive today if they would have just cut his leg off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's well, a, it's a crazy thing to talk about. And then what was the other big, like the other? Th- so obviously, if you're gonna chop someone's 
leg off. You gotta add, you gotta attach something to it. <laughs> yeah, which was yeah. big. The big, the big uh, tool of the day tool was the day for sure. Tourniquet. It was a tourniquet. Absolutely. Tourniquet. 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 <laughs> yeah, Doctor Forrest. He talked a lot about that in the um, uh, medical rescue component, right? For yeah. the when the entrapped limbs and stuff. Yeah, definitely not just the usual uh, tourniquet because uh, the person got shot or stabbed. A tourniquet because because of a crush injury. Crush yeah, injuries too. Yeah. Which, uh, Todd, you can explain why that was important. Because like, what happens when you uncrush a crush injury? Yeah, or, so sorry, what, uh, you can get the uh, uh, cardioplegia, um, and it's just the the proper chemical components. I'm not going to get into the details of all the stuff that goes wrong uh, but essentially your blood starts getting toxic uh, to dumb it down and um, as you release that if it's a if it's a major vessel um, crush injury or compression uh, you know you've got your mass your rush of volume back into those tissues and then all those toxins and those toxins go into the heart and it's a perfect storm of, uh, of uh, chemicals to stop your heart you know so um, and he was saying it's it's almost like a like what like this is like not your heart stops and you do CPR and he comes back. This is, this is like, yeah, this is the, yeah, their heart is done. Yeah. <laughs> and they've got evidence-based um, calls from this as well. They've had crush injuries. They're sitting there talking to them for hours and hours. No problem during the, during the extrication, they pull them out of that crush situation. And all of a sudden, boom, they go into cardiac arrest within a few minutes on the platform of the train and they work the resuscitation for an hour and they can't bring them back. Like you said, these patients are not coming back yeah. from that cardiac arrest. So yeah, so back to the tourniquet application. So they said, put that tourniquet on before you uh, before you uncrush. before you uh, release that mm-hmm. pressure, and then slowly start releasing releasing that pressure. Yeah, it was like it was like a, you release it for thirty minutes. For, yeah, yeah, three minutes. Yeah. Three so minutes. he was saying if it was legs, right? or you, no, you release it for thirty seconds, put it back on for three minutes. Yeah, yeah. Yep, release it for three seconds, put it back on for three mm-hmm. minutes. Again, release it for thirty seconds. Well, so it's like a slow trickle of, of yeah. these toxins, mm-hmm. toxins, so your body can process it. Yeah, because you need to go through the. But the, I mean, the big thing is don't do this. You're not the responder. Just put the tourniquets on, get get the person out, send them to the hospital, and then the hospital. Yeah. People, because I mean, this is this is this summit was everybody was there. Like police, fire, ambulance, um, hospital workers. Yeah. So the hospital workers would deal with the would, would deal with the un undoing of the tourniquet. Yeah. So they said essentially. So the uh, yeah, turn it, release the tourniquet um, for thirty seconds, and retighten it or reinflate it for three minutes, yeah. and then do another thirty second release, then reinflate for or retighten for another three minutes, yeah. and then a full tourniquet release. But he said that's at the hospital level. That's not us as responders. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We put it on, we leave it on. Put it on, leave it on. So just that alone, um, you know, I'm, I was thinking a few times I've been there, some minor crush injuries, and so there's, I mean. Or you know, people getting their body parts caught in things, and, and this is and again, take away like you said, this is a large, mu- large muscle extremities. Yeah. So, right? yeah, like it was just a lower limb, it's not that big of a deal. You know, calf muscle types of things yeah. like that. Yeah. But yeah, like femoral, um, you know, femur area, and also the they talked about the suspension trauma, things like that, and then the studies. Yes, yeah, suspension trauma. Mm-hmm. Would be, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah it was that that part that part was really really interesting and again like 
you know, it was that thing of tourniquets. Like there, there was a, it was a big thing for all of it. I remember when uh, uh, Doctor Nick Spire there turned around. And he said, you know, like if if any of you guys like if you don't have a tourniquet in your gear out of the bag in your gear mm-hmm. then you owe me a beer he's like because that is the stu- it's the stupidest place to have it because if you don't have one on you and it's in the truck well you yeah. you take a hit or one of your guys takes a hit they fall on a spike whatever you've now got to go back to the truck open the bag get the tourniquet get back in there was a guy who um, bled out, and it was like 37 seconds. He gets yeah. hit in the yeah. No, it was that Iranian. Iran. I watched that video. I remember watching that because it was like this is why shooting people in the leg. It, it, the, the example the, this is on a police thing. They said this is why shooting people in the leg doesn't it doesn't matter because he so the the officer shot the guy in the leg. He fell on the ground. It's a busy street. Fell on the ground. Everyone's kind of watching him, and literally he bled out in 30 seconds. Yeah. So if the officer had a tourniquet. Probably if it wasn't Iran, um, the, uh, they would have applied a tourniquet to the uh, to the bad guy subject. Um, yeah. but, but they didn't, and I don't know if they would have. But. but there you go. I mean, it just it just shows. Like, if you've got one, have it in your gear. Have it out of the bag in your gear so that it's ready to go in a moment's notice. And get used to applying them. Apply them yeah. to yourself. Applying them to others. Know that you need a lot of pressure to stop that 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 flow. Right. Yeah. Like you're trying to cut off a really small really small vein yeah every frontline uh responder said you should have one on on the person yeah at all times so something to something to put in your budgets i know that we're going to be uh you know trying to trying to broach it i'm sure if not i'll be getting one of my own anyway regardless so um Mm -hmm. ash what did you what what kicked over for you what did you enjoy well we kind of already went over it with uh with the rescue tool amputation and not just because of that like but it was like i said earlier just that whole thinking outside of the box and it really just the the entire weekend made me think differently about a lot of scenarios you know a lot of calls that we could potentially have a lot of calls that we even have had um the way that we the way that we operate um i think some of the biggest things coming out of it is you know the potential of where we may be headed uh you know we, we've been chatting a lot um with uh, dr sparrow there and he's uh you know the guy's really really keen the nice thing about it is is uh i mean he's a physician he uh he's uh, like a first responder position he'll he he will respond to a call and and um go out in in the field it's it's, it's a really neat thing that he's doing up here in nelson but uh, his biggest call is, it doesn't matter who it is, where it is, what it is, yeah. as long as these first first responders, whoever is properly trained to deal with it. And so for us as uh, volunteer firefighters in a smaller community, we are that catch-all that we've said. So, you know, to, to get us properly trained, um, and like we, we've, we kind of talked about earlier uh, tonight, we, we don't need to be... Uh, because we're not a first responder hall. We're not going to go see grandma because she's got chest pains, chest pains or like small mm-hmm. ab- abdominal pain. That's that's not where it, where we. Sorry, and I really think that's what ties up a lot of uh, a lot of small fire departments is yes. is those kind of mm-hmm. grandma chest pains or. Yeah, you know the guy's got a sore knee, yeah, that kind of stuff. I see. Yeah, well, it's, it's the way the calls come in, right? The the way they're prioritized and dispatched, and then the fire service is getting sent code three because there's a delay in the ambulance, um, and yeah, a lot of them they're not there. 
for life critical intervention. Yeah. They're sitting right. there waiting for the ambulance. Mm-hmm. So, so I really like the way Dr. Sparrow is going towards this other option, which is not first responder. Kind of from what I was getting, gathering, yeah. from, from what we talked to him, it was kind of like. No, you don't necessarily need to get the first. It's like cardiac the first responder. Well, yeah, it's like right? a mutual aid. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, if there's ever, if it's a cardiac incident, it's instantly it becomes a mutual aid call. So, mm-hmm. um, doesn't matter. Everybody gets called. Whoever gets there first starts instant CPR, and that's what's going to save people. And they said, well, the numbers. What they were saying, the numbers might not. It only went up ten percent. But then, but that's how many people. That's they brought. They they brought a couple of people out that were saved by quick yeah, CPR. Right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. The the so North, North America now the stats are improved a lot. Yeah, a lot for cardiac yeah. arrest, uh, for uh, ROSC. Yeah. Uh, we know return of spontaneous circulation and stuff now on, on scenes. So it's pretty cool. But yeah, so what you're mentioning was he was talking about the uh, rural cardiac arrest response in BC. Mm-hmm. That's what he, his big push was. And that was having all fire departments um, be trained in either first responders or some sort of a, a first response capability. Because mm-hmm. I think that's that would be more palatable for a lot of departments that aren't mm-hmm. first responders right now mm-hmm. to, to do that. Especially like maybe like us. Mm-hmm. Because it's not really palatable or necessary for us to become first responders because we yeah. have we have two ambulances stationed in our town yeah. as well as mm-hmm. where you're from. Um, so there's really no need for us to be really true first responders because yeah. the ambulance will get there pretty quick. And, and that's what he meant. Yeah. He talked about with your mutual aid stuff he's he's got here as well. You know, resource 911 mutual aid calls for critical 911 calls. Yeah, only critical. Yeah. Only yeah. critical, yeah. right? And that's like, like you said, Ash, yeah. it's not the, you know, grandma stubbed her toe and... and felt dizzy and fell over and now it's code three call because she was altered level of consciousness because she felt mm-hmm. dizzy that's not really an emergency mm-hmm. it's that cardiac arrest there's nobody around you're in a small town it's going to take yeah. 20 minutes for animals to respond roll everybody yeah. get the police going there get everybody going mm-hmm. there right mm-hmm. you know advertising that's what we talk about with the pulse point app that we've talked in the past yeah. right yeah so if you have that app if you're in a four hundred uh, meter meter radius it's going to go off. It's going to push out to you. It's going to yep. push to you, and it's going to tell you where the closest defib is. And his other big push was uh, the community initiative to learn CPR, right, and have these ADs everywhere. So, yeah, yeah there, there's a lot of a lot mm-hmm. of good stuff. Yeah, he was pouring it out. And what kept going to my head when uh, he was talking about, you know, send everybody, I was, I was thinking of the, the professional. Oh. And Gary Ullman. Game, bring me everyone! <laughs> <laughs> but the idea behind that was fantastic, I thought, you know, and he was saying that they've noticed increased numbers. The one uh, of, of survival rates, the, the thing with that as well, he was saying, though, is a lot of the ways that we would respond as volunteers were coming from another place that is not the hall. Mm-hmm. So we're going to the hall and then we're taking vehicles and we're going to the scene. And in these instances, especially in the cardiac arrest stuff, that could also potentially be a problem. So what do we do? Do we then have a few guys which are set, ready, or does everybody who has the training have a bag in their vehicle where they can go direct to scene Mm -hmm. and be there much, much quicker and help that person because they've got the gear on them, right? Other than, like, some basic stuff, other than an AED, what else... Like pocket mask. I don't even know. You don't even need no, that. I mean, you don't what, know what we're no, teaching now. No it's CPR. It's only CPR and yeah. defibrillation. That's within the first four to six minutes is key, right? Mm-hmm. So that's what we're pushing yeah. for now. So I can't see, uh, you know, I can't see our guys having defibs in every everybody's personal vehicle, but mm-hmm. getting there and just starting mm-hmm. CPR would be good. Yeah. yeah. And then, yeah. and then you know, maybe the duty truck comes with mm-hmm. and it's got yeah. AD on it. Yeah. Um, but I, like going back, I think that is is easily sellable to 
to most departments. Mm-hmm. It'd be it'd be cheaper because they have this course, uh, Art the Art Attack course, which is a, which is a rescue course, mm-hmm. and it teaches all these kind of it's they're kind of these quick interventions. Yeah, shorter shorter uh, time frame to get certified in it, but it's stuff that's going to save people's lives. Right, uh, it kind of. Okay. Kind of gets rid of a lot of that those uh, other things that they teach in first responder classes, mm-hmm. and it really streamlines it, um, makes it more like it's, like it's, it makes it easier for the um, the department to digest, and maybe people to be like, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll we'll respond to that. We'll respond. Like if it's going to save somebody's life, for, for sure we'll respond. Mm-hmm. But we don't want to get a lot of people don't want to get called out in the middle of the night again. We'll hark on grandma a little bit more. Uh, you know, Poor grandma. <laughs> okay, well, okay. Let's go after the the video game guy eating his eating his cheat- Cheetos and drinking his uh, drinking his grape crush, <laughs> which I happen to be drinking right now. And now he's got a, he's got he's got a diabetic. He's starting to get a little sweaty. You got to come and check his blood sugar. <laughs> you know, that's the other thing. First responders do a lot of right. Yeah, they get tied up doing that right. kind of stuff. Things like that could turn into an emergency. For sure, yeah. But it's not as it's not a emergency, of emergency right at that we're talking about with. Mm-hmm. You know, funding issues to a lot of the rural areas, and yep. I mean, like the, the thing I I really like Doctor uh, Nick there. What he said was when you're just talking about Carl was, you know, do there were certain responders like the fire departments have personal kits and they respond to scenes, so it's faster that way. Like he wasn't saying that that's the best way to do. He's like, these things to think about. Think outside the box. Like, should we be trying this? I don't know. He's putting it out there, and. Uh, yeah, uh, I was we of, all need yeah. to think about this stuff. That's true. I mean, I was thinking in our town. Just I started thinking about where our guys are, where our guys live. Like if I if I took all of our people and did where they lived, like imagine where they all lived and did like a three block radius. I think we'd have a lot of overlapping circles, and basically the yes, whole our whole area would almost be covered. Coverage. Yeah, pretty much almost our whole area would be covered by mm-hmm. a firefighter within like a two a couple minute driving distance. So if it was like yeah, instant cardiac arrest. Okay, everybody respond. Anyone who's close to that, respond to the scene. If you're not close, come in the hall. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Kind of like we do sometimes anyways. We do that. That's we do. For lift assist. For lift assist, things. emergency yeah. lift assist, stuff like that. Yeah. So the, uh, for the RTAC stuff um, would fit perfectly. It, yeah. would, it would work. It would work really well for us, I think. Maybe more so than some other courses, which... Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking now in my head, because we we've been thinking about first responder, but maybe this might be the... This might be the more uh, cost-effective solution, and maybe mm-hmm. still get us what we want it for. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and it seems way more streamlined to the purposes of which we would use. So we turn up to an MVI. There's a passenger who is hurt. That's the guy. Now ambulance is still ten minutes out. This guy's only got a few whatever. He's got a massive injury on the leg. We know how to apply the tourniquets. We know how to do the pressure on the wounds and pack and do everything that we need to do to secure that patient until the ambulance can arrive, or even before the extrication completely occurs. Right while we're in there in the vehicle doing the the work and working on the extrication, the patient is now more comfortable because we've dealt with the the hemorrhaging and the the, right, the, exactly. the major your hits right yeah yeah and that's what you know he was uh dr nick was saying with that um uh RTAC course yeah. you know like um you know they go on the march um assessment so massive hemorrhage you know airway respiration circulation and hypothermia or causes or, ca- or casualty assessment you know it's so, like those, those are the a handful of key factors that are going to uh, you know, end somebody's life right. so we have those interventions now why aren't we doing them? They're very simple. They're basic. Yeah. You know, like we're not mm-hmm. doing the finger thoracotomies and stuff. Like they're teaching other advanced uh, providers, 
but um, these are the basics that are going to save people's lives. Well, you know, the one thing that really kind of drove it home when it was in the video interview that you did with him at the end, and he said, you know, they're teaching these things in the States. They're teaching kids in the United States how to do this. How they're teaching kids how mm-hmm. to do this. If kids in, in schools are being taught this, why do our first responders not have this information and why are they not doing it? Because it's that simple that they can teach children to do it. There's no reason that we shouldn't be able to. There's no reason we should be held back from helping somebody because ultimately if we're not there to do that portion, then we're kind of doing half the job. We're just there to open a car at that point. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not, we can't save the patient because we're not allowed to by rules that were governed by whatever. But if we have these skills and we can utilize them to safely preserve that person's life, yeah. is that not actually what we're supposed to be doing? So yeah. it was a very, very, when he said about the kids thing, it just, it really kind of drove it home. Yeah. Really drove it home. Mm-hmm. And that's with, uh, with the Stop the Bleed campaign. Uh, you know, I mean, it's, it's June 1st now, but the month of May was Stop the Bleed month. And, um, you know, now that uh, that's exactly what I'm going to be doing in my role with work is I'm going to be out there teaching um, people how to use tourniquets. Because you just got certified. Damage right? control and you betcha and a whole bunch of different tech um, techniques and stuff. And uh, I want to get Scott certified and, and my plan is to, yeah, we're going to start working on the schools and general public. And, yeah, we're talking starting at grade four probably and up. Yeah. You betcha. Anybody, anybody can save a life. It's just a matter of teaching these basic skills. Yeah, and it doesn't necessarily even need to be a massive, critical, dangerous event. It can be your buddy falls off of a tree oh, yeah. and lands yeah. on a branch, and you're exactly. out hunting. We have the we have the yeah. conversation about hunting. Yep. Discharged weapon falls oh, over a log. Compound leg fracture. Anything. Mm-hmm. You know? Well, was it you that saying that the stop the bleed people would like because they have AEDs now everywhere. Uh, yes. With the AEDs have a, a tourniquet and maybe some wound packing stuff. So yeah, so their their goal, uh, part of their of the Stop the Bleed campaign, is to have uh, every AED that's hanging on the wall in the province of BC. Um, well, not even the province of BC. This is a, na- a national wide campaign, but is to have a Stop the Bleed kit hanging right on the wall right beside it. Um, there's a lot of companies in the states that are actually starting to do this. Um, TAC Med Solutions um, out of the states, they're, they're a huge one. I've been following them um, online and that really piqued my interest and then I learned about the Stop the Bleed campaign and then so now I've, I've taken the course and, and we're gonna run with it. Um, and I think that's, that's fantastic. It's these everyday life skills that people need to learn to stop a, a major hemorrhage control. And not even just major hemorrhage control, like the, there's a lot of minor hemorrhages that we're gonna be doing as well. Um, and then if there is a bad scenario or a bad multi-casual incident or an active shooter event, those same skills are gonna apply. But it's not just the active shooter stuff. I don't want to scare everybody. It's, it's not just active shooter. These are, these are life skills, right? Mm-hmm. You trip and fall and you get a, a puncture wound somewhere, yeah, you could have a major bleed. Um, like one thing you t- they talked about was uh, the Vegas shooting yeah. by the hotel um, and how at that concert the, a lot of civilians were rescuing civilians. Um, probably not a lot of them had tourniquets with them, but they were doing what they could. Um, from what I hear um, down in, um, I listened to oh, what's the, pod- uh, the Mind of the Warrior podcast, I think I mentioned it before, mm-hmm. and Doc Simpson, he was saying in, in Israel, because in Israel they're all, um, a lot of the guys, you know, I think that's part of their service, like when you're when you're 18 or something, you it's like a mandatory military service. So pretty much if you're over you know, a certain age, you're, 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 you're being trained to deal with 
casualties. Mm-hmm. And so when you if you if you see these bombings on TV and stuff, when something happens in Israel, the civilians aren't running away. They're in there helping. They're in there mm-hmm. fixing people. It's not like it's not like here where the civilians are running. One, they always say, "Oh yeah, this, everyone's running one way, and the firefighters are running in." No, like there, it's like everybody's running in because mm-hmm. they know they need they need people need help right away. So. Yeah. It, it's everywhere. Boston <clears throat> Marathon bomb. Right. Yeah. Prime example. I listened to the uh, the EMS chief who was chief at the time in a conference I went to, and uh, he said by the time they got the majority of the resources, it was over. Mm. Like everybody was helping each other. There's people packing wounds. There's people putting direct pressure. People putting tourniquets on makeshift tourniquets, belts, shoelaces. You know, whatever, saving these limbs, and uh, got people out to the these extra um, uh, collection points where uh, the ambulances started gathering and yeah so the bystanders general public took care of a lot of it and that's where the stop the bleed campaign comes in there you go i mean it's it's that and it, i actually remember the question of because uh, dr nicker turned around and said you know we need to train firefighters with all of this information and all of you ems people need to know it and then when uh, when mark Forrest came up, Dr. Mark Forrest came up, he said, well, let me pose a question. Is it better to teach firefighters and EMS these skills, or is it better to teach everybody in the public these skills? Because right. if they have this knowledge as well, obviously, as us, then in situations where we're not even there yet, yeah. maybe the first responder is the person who's sat next to you, mm-hmm. you know? Maybe that person now knows how to save your life. And the answer yeah. was both. Absolutely. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It came back to that... Uh, <clears throat> um, those two brothers. Yep. So yeah, the awards. The awards. They they gave out some awards at at the end of the uh, the summit here, and one of them went out to. Uh, it was two two brothers were walking down the street, or they were some somewhere, and they. They had some CPR kind of training. And one guy was an instructor in CPR. One guy was a, yeah. yeah. Sort of like, low, like not a... First aid instructor. Yeah, first aid instructor. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so what it was is um, a guy and his wife or whatever... Yeah, it's back, back from the gym or going yeah, to the gym? Yeah, it was just going, yeah. just going to the gym. Uh, kind of everyday... Kind like a younger thing. guy, too. He was, an, he was an old guy. He yeah. Was an younger guy. Yeah, I'm, yeah. Maybe for him his, yeah. his 30s now, right? So I don't know. They were a block or so away, he says. And um, says at the time, he just felt like something wasn't right. Managed to get the car over, and then yeah, went into folk you know, sudden cardiac arrest. Yeah, and luckily these guys were walking by or driving by, and they noticed that he was humped over the steering wheel. Things didn't look right, so these brothers hop out. They got started, uh, started to uh, jump on. Um, some chest, you know, the chest uh, compressions, and I think an off-duty firefighter. Yeah, yeah. Like this was like, this story was insane. It an off-duty firefighter was driving by and sees this, so he pulls over and starts, starts to help. An off-duty paramedic. An off-duty paramedic comes yeah. on the scene, and then Doctor Nick. Well, then the actual fire guy showed up. Yeah, and they, at, they, actual and fire came AD mm-hmm. right away. Yeah. But yeah. before the fire was even dispatched, uh, somebody phoned from like Public Works. Yeah. Oh public yeah, yeah. Public Works yeah. saw them. So yeah, it was just like you talk about community approaches and yeah. working together. Yeah. That is it right there. Like mm-hmm. you said, like yeah, amazing. 
everybody chipped in and this guy stood there and he's like you know you didn't just save me uh these people didn't just save me they saved a father a friend a, a husband a brother a son you know and it was just like some kids his wife yeah yeah and it was it was a really powerful speech and then you know he got a bit teary and then the, all the guys came up and they all got an award each and it was it was really really good and really mm-hmm. fun it was it was a great thing to see and that's what it's about it's about the patient first man it's about that's what we all do yeah it's what we're all here for well, and that's what you said. So we start talking about the uh, percentages of, you yeah. know, like what what are are we like what difference are we making when when we start to, you know, implement some of these new protocols or, um, and they say, okay, is it two percent? Is it eight percent? Is it so? So what is that in people. our our province? Is that two people? Huh. Is that five people? Ten? He's like, and then Doctor Nick there says. I want those five people. Yeah. I want those ten. Like those people are enough to make this all worth it. If it's one person, that one person is enough to make this this all viable. Yeah. So yeah. that that story, oh man, that was. Uh, you're like, ah, oh, this is. Uh, touching. You know, yeah, it was touching the old yeah. tear glands. Yeah, it was. Uh, <laughs> it was really and like Scott was bowling. Yeah, <laughs> like, was I, like I, I had a console in straight was, up bowling. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, it was really, good. really, really good. Uh, you know, like a really good outcome, really good story, and you know the fact that the the guy is sitting there, he's like, I would be alive right now if it wasn't for all of this. And yeah. I mean, those that that is a, a one-off story, but if the general public had training, um, even just the bare minimum, that would be less of a one-off. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. More hands to the job. What was the one thing that uh, we all wanted to be when we first saw it, and then after we saw the entire video, uh, we all didn't want to do it anymore. Was, <laughs> we'll leave that to tell. That was Chief uh, Chief Fu. What Chief was Fu, his right? first name here? Stand by one. Greg. Eric Fu. No, I'm guessing. Uh, oh yeah, the Sar, Sar Chief Gary Fu. Gary. <laughs> Not just Sar. It was emergency well, response team. No, Sar. Sar. Emergency response team and search and rescue chief, and. He's based out of Toronto, I believe, but also it's worldwide. Kind yeah, of worldwide. They, yeah, amazing. You know, they started showing their collaborative team, you know, that they all have there. And the training of the firefighters and paramedics and nurses and doctors, you know, it is, this is a nationwide team he runs. And it, it just looks so great to be mobilizing so quickly mm-hmm. traveling abroad and helping all these people either in our country or other countries um, but then you start seeing all the trauma and all the death and you start talking about triaging mass casualties like thousands of people well the one that was like they were like well there were no there were no, no less than 400 a, d- a day for a week no the one that was getting me was they were on like a mountainside in oh, Pakistan and, it, and then that, they were they were there for the earthquake and then there was another earthquake while they were there and they were clinging to a mountainside using th- using thermal imaging cameras watching bodies roll down the hill into, into a crevasse because they had another like a thousand people yeah and so then they're like then they have to go look, find those thousand people that are down in these holes and yeah. yeah crazy yeah. they're already hurt patients are now back in a hole and hurt again and they're, and they're not in a place where oh I just you know, call the ambulance well they've no. already used a lot of their resources and supplies there right they said and that's when 
says, well, who who rescues the rescuers? He yeah. said, right? So then they had the PJs. And so yeah. their backup plan was, was the was PJs. Forces, yeah. yeah. But, it, like, they didn't, you know, he's like, yeah, we give them, we can't give them drugs. We can't, sorry, we can't give them, um, like... Certain oral medication. Like, yeah, or, or medication because, stuff, because you know, the guy uses it. Well, yeah, Ramadan, and yeah. then, or if, they, or if they use it, they can't keep using it because eventually they're, they're going to go home right now when they mm-hmm. yeah yeah and yeah and then ramadan for like religious things because they can't take anything orally so then they have to do other methods yeah yeah that's yeah, uh that was a hard hard one like i said like you know there's a lot of um i i had a really good chat with him after the conference and i told him you know i've, I've been a, a paramedic for almost 20 years now firefighter for 22 23 and not much Timeless. Timeless. Not, not much, <laughs> you know, Seven but, years old. <laughs> but not, not much chokes me up. Like, I, I've seen a lot. I've done a lot. And, you know, I always have something to say or to say something to somebody to help them get over a situation. But watching his presentation and hearing him talk, I felt speechless afterwards. It was, uh, you know, when he started talking about... You know, you're you're treating that mass triage or whatever. Yeah, you're doing your mass triage, and we're talking <laughs> gloves. How many gloves they go through? Well, even the kids. Yeah. He says you're stepping over other kids to go triage yeah. other kids. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not going to get into the details here, but yeah, it's horrific. Yeah, they went through absolutely horrific. Four thousand pairs of gloves. Four thousand pairs of gloves. Yeah, like just a right. day or two. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, they had they were only there for two days in, and they've already gone through two thousand pairs of gloves. Yeah. And they had like four more days to go or something. And they were, I can't yeah. remember what. Yeah, said. and they were dropped off in the middle of the mountains. They had to hike into hike some out. of these spots, right? Like it was, it was self-sufficient. They're near yeah. Taliban territory, control territory. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's like that's Scott it's a, River says it's. It sounds awesome. He starts talking yeah. about yeah. them. Like, like, oh, oh yeah, I'm, I'm. Where do I sign up? Yeah, it sounds. I'm in. The start of it, they were doing some some work with flooding. Oh yeah. Um, and like like they're getting in there, they're kicking ass, they're doing oh man, it's nuts. And then they start showing, you know, the other side of it when they're traveling, all all this international uh, response that these mm-hmm. guys have and um I'm like, hell yeah, that would be great. Like, you know, oh, this is awesome. And then the reality of what they're actually going into, like it says, they're on the border of, you know, this big Taliban uprising. Yeah. And they don't have any like they they're over they're over there as an age. They don't have any mm-hmm. sort of ammunitions to protect themselves. They're yeah. they're just there. Ugh, that's just crazy. he started sucking us in with his resume and what they do, right? Mm-hmm. Well the flood response, the swift water response, the high angle rescues and the technical rescues mm-hmm. and, and the Hussar teams and the heavier rescue yeah. and on and on. Like just looking at his resume, like you know, like emergency response team, search and rescue uh, armed tactical police officer, pre-hospital trauma life support, tactical combat casualty care medic, yeah. you know, rescue specialist instructor. <laughs> <laughs> like this goes on and on and on. University degrees and and un- oh my god, like the guy saying's timeless. It's yeah. almost like yeah, he's had a yeah. Well, that's why they these two hit it off. It's yeah. true. It's yeah. true. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. They were trying to throw Todd a, yeah. Todd a bone there, and they trying to trying to get him on team. I, well, I had to shake his hand. I said, thank you for everything you've done. Because, mm-hmm. like, some days, you know, I've got a little lump in the throat over a past memory. And seeing what he has seen, holy shit. He, he's a, yeah. I felt an lazy amazing man, an amazing team he runs. <laughs> I felt lazy. I'm like, man, I haven't done nothing with my life. <laughs> <laughs> this guy did more on Tuesday than yeah. I've done yeah, all yeah, of my, yeah. my I've years. Done, yeah, I've done some things, but I really haven't done anything. <laughs> but I mean, come on, diving humbling, right? boats and doing water rescues and you're like... Yeah. Pretty humbling. Yeah. Pretty humbling. Yeah. It makes our, our little 
area. Our, our little piece of pie. Look <laughs> real small. <laughs> but if it wasn't for everybody doing the little pieces, oh, then there'd yeah. still be Absolutely. bad problems, right? Yeah. So, so we can't all be like. You know, this big global response. Superheroes yeah. that travel yeah. the world by <laughs> helicopter get dropped off in the middle of the mountains and, and boogie in with 4,000 gloves mm-hmm. to go and help people. It's mental. <laughs> yeah. Mental. Mm-hmm. That's, uh, yeah, that's pretty elite. But it is neat to see. Yeah. Amazing group of see. people there today, though. Holy yeah. cow. A mm-hmm. lot to take home and think about and talk about. Yeah. It was good. Well, what did they say they, they could mobile their team in 10 hours? 10 hours. And fly anywhere in the world. Yeah. So mm-hmm. nuts. I mean, these guys, they're based out of Ontario, and I'm sure they're not all in, like, the GTA. Well, no, this was just just his group is right. based out of Ontario. This is a, this is a national-wide group. It, it is, They had yeah. guys in Britain and everything else. So mm-hmm. when they get deployed, when they all meet up somewhere, they all have the same job. They all yeah. know the same <laughs> SOGs and OGs. Yeah. And he says, no problem. I know exactly what that guy is carrying in that type of bag from... Uh, the UK because I've got the same one we are on the yeah. same mindset yeah. that was cool well there you go it's a complete cookie cutter build and no matter what industry or what country you're stepping into when you're working with that group and they're with you they're just more manpower that talk with a different accent everyone's running the same show with the same gear doing the same thing to, to me I can't imagine because I can't imagine how you change something then like how oh hey I got this new idea for something okay I gotta call the guy and Finland and I gotta call a guy in Germany and I gotta call a guy in Italy and I gotta explain what I wanna do now okay do you guys all agree yes okay this is all really out rolling out because I know that's you know it's, you know, in my line of work change. Yeah. it's hard it's hard to get changed yeah. just from in our province yeah <laughs> or you know sometimes just in our department it's in hard to get a change in, so in your office yeah I, yeah I can imagine getting a change in in a in an international agency, mm. yeah, yeah, it would be, be tough. It'd be tough. The uh, the the other guy as well that was there was uh, Dr. Ed Valentine, and he was a uh, helicopter helicopter emergency medic, right? And uh, he was from the town where I used to work, and grew up right next to the town where I was born and lived. Uh, Carl either used to have soccer hooligan rides with him, or <laughs> oh, was yeah. friends with him. He was he was he was a guy patching me up. Um, <laughs> that Stabbings, was... baseball bats. <laughs> yeah, they're talking about all the stuff they see in mm-hmm. great place you live, Carl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's where you're from. But he um, he uh, he had some really good stuff to say as well. He had some really good stuff on the Q and A panel. It was really interesting mm-hmm. to listen to him. Um, he had a very good. Uh, he, he just seemed very calm with everything. Well, when he was being asked the questions, you know, he was running through uh, all the different scenarios and talking about the different pieces of which he'd be checking. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it just seemed like he'd been doing it for a while. And they also had the story of him, obviously. And there was the the, the mother and the um, the mother and the daughter yeah. uh, talking about the the rescue that he had made when he was there um, mm-hmm. with some Canadian residents that were over in England in, in Wiltshire at the time they got into a car accident with a with a truck that, that hit the vehicle so you know it was, it was it was great to hear all of those stories as well because it wasn't just all about the fact that, you know talking about patient 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 and the care of that person it was also they, they introduced those patients. They brought in some mm. people that had survived those mm. things and, and the people that did those things and shared that and yeah. showed that. Just to really reinforce at the end of all of it, that is the most important part. The right. people that were out there trying to help. And like he said, you know, being being a physician in that setting that does responses and stuff, it's not all helicopter responses. You know, it was they'd break out into vehicles and do their, their single responder units and jump in the ambulances. 
Uh, but it was some pretty crazy, pretty crazy saves that they did. Like that story you said, there was actually Canadians visiting. That's the guy who's, who they saved. Uh, yeah, pretty, pretty neat. Yeah, yeah. You know what we th- forgot to do? I'm going to flip the script a little bit. We didn't do our shout-outs. We didn't do our shout-outs. <laughs> right. So let's end with the shout-outs. Well, we've had a pretty yeah. long day. We've been up at six. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. It's true. And it's, if the audio sounds a little funky tonight, we are recording live in the trailer right now. Uh, just sat around and, uh, and just relaxing after the, the day. So uh, if it does sound a little bit off, that's probably why. We're kind of like emergency response firefighters right now. We're in, uh, we've, we've, mm. we've taken our... Well, there is a camp. Travel all the way. Taking what we could to the area. <laughs> you mean a case of beer? <laughs> yeah. We, we brought ice <laughs> yeah. and a giant trailer <laughs> with air conditioning. So we're ready. Yeah, just ready. Um, yeah. So let's uh, let's do the shoutouts, Ash. Yeah. So. Um, <clears throat> Like we always do, we'll start off with uh, Chief Miller. Um, so Chief Miller got on board with us. He's uh, um, a sharer of content. He uh, uh, our, our latest. Our one thing we shared that shower was pretty. The decontaminator yeah, so really the got the to We got a lot of interest on that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we we got a lot of uh, um, interaction on our Facebook, on our Instagram. Uh, Chief Miller shared it as well, and a lot of uh, us guys and you guys and his peoples got on chit-chatting about it. And you know, it's funny because for sure Carl was out there with his flip-flops, and you know, look, we we know we're not washing dirt. You know, it wasn't after a live fire we, we were testing, but uh, yeah, it was actually me, and I was wearing my, and it was the gear was quite. My gear was actually clean. I think it was freshly cleaned. It yeah. was. Because it was, before the, it was yeah. before the big fire. Mm-hmm. Huh. So, um, yeah, anyway, it was uh, it, it was funny to see some of the comments come, come back. But also, it was really, really interesting to see some of the positive comments, which, uh, I mean, good or bad, we, we want to hear from, uh, you know, all of you guys. So, um, any in- interaction is welcome, for sure. Yeah, unless so, you're just being a dick. Right. Like, if you've got something to say and it's like, you know, it, it's negative because mm-hmm. you find you find something different. Tell us what you do different. We'll try it. Yeah. You know, it's, it's coming back to that thing again that we spoke about a few mm-hmm. times. Is you know, if you've got something to say, then say it. But if you're going to be a dick about it, keep it to yourself because I don't give a shit. Or start your own podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Call it the I hate the DTFF. Yeah, because well. ultimately, you know, if man will have some comments. We're all we're all supposed to be helping each other, right? And it's the whole reason we do this is to just Absolutely. try and share some of that knowledge. So. Let's share it. Mm-hmm. Let's let's work together. That was the theme of today. Right, let's Don't work be together. A dick. Stop the infighting. <laughs> yep. and fucking work together. Yeah, like figure it out. Yeah. Right? I don't get the explicit content. When it goes on. He's passionate tonight. It's true. He's passionate. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It is true. Mm-hmm. So you know, we do we do respect and appreciate everything we get told, yeah. especially okay. if it's you know if it's criticizing. Great, because you know what, we can figure out a way. You know what, if there's more than one person that has the same problem, more than one person's got the problem. So we need. Yeah. To figure out a solution to that problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you don't talk about it, you can't learn from it. Right? I mean, we're obviously just in the old beta test for for this thing. So, oh, not um, even that. It was literally glued together that evening, and then oh, we did yeah, your no, first spin. We had we had to use a torch to to bend it in correct <laughs> position. If you look real close, you can see the burn marks. It's true. So it's like, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's totally Mark One, Mode One. Yeah. yeah. So think of Iron Man. But we're in there. Two nights later. It was doing decon outside of that big uh, warehouse fire that we had, you know, washing all of our 
our Chevy gear off. So Check. right away, this thing got put right into service. It worked. Um, so yeah, thanks for all the uh, uh, comments on, on that, you guys. Um, so yeah, Chief Miller, check them out. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, uh, MySpace. I don't know where else we got. <laughs> um, outer we space. Got, uh, yeah, outer space. He's outer space now. He's on the moon. He's with Elon Musk flying to the yeah, Mars right now. I think... <laughs> I'm starting to see, I don't know if he takes the, the weekends off now, because every Friday he says, all right, have a weekend, though. And I don't know if he shares as much over the weekends, but, uh, um, I mean, this guy is busy. But uh, check check him out. You'll see all of our, our stuff on there. He uh, shares a lot of other podcast content, which uh, always brings us to our our American fellows down in the States, the uh, Brother, Brotherhood Academy Radio guys. Uh, uh, yeah, the... Uh, um, they're giving us a ton of uh, love there, so we we definitely want to keep on that. Uh, we got a friendly rivalry, pod, you know, the podcast rivalry, the the American Canadian rivalry. Um, they got their stickers, their, their decals, decals out first. <laughs> we got ours out now, so if you go, and to we our got Facebook, two different styles. Yeah, two. <laughs> yeah, so right now we have a bit of a contest going. If you go to our Facebook page, if you go to our Instagram, we have a couple videos up of the uh, uh, just us showing these things. So there's an orange one. There's a uh, black. Um, like and comment uh, tell reflective. us which is your favorite yeah the neat thing is we went with a, a uh, reflective decal or decal yeah. so um, check that out um, or like, sticker <laughs> <laughs> like, like and comment and um, oh, what about the modus I don't know what uh, yeah, well yeah. we were going to do with the with, oh, the, with the decal mm-hmm. stuff we were going to choose tonight but I kind of want to give it uh, I kind of want to give it a day or so. Yeah, and it's not just going to be one. Like we're going to we'll pick more. Ship ship a ton of these. Yeah. Well, I think nice. I think you know what. Currently with the currently with the comments on there, we've got around forty something mm-hmm. comments. We could almost just like everyone might get one, but we'll see. Mm-hmm. We'll see. We'll yeah, see how much thing the, blows up. Where what kind of contest people. is that? <laughs> everyone yeah. gets the best case. That's a millennial contest. Yeah, you get it. Oh, what if I What if I started? I'm sorry. Participation. All right, we're not having a snowflake competition. All right, yeah, we'll pick a number. Some of you guys will get them. Yeah, yeah, we'll pick a number for sure. So what else we got? So we got. Yeah, Modus uh, Rescue. Um, these guys have been working with us a lot, uh, which is really, really neat. They've been great. Um, they've uh, come together with us, offering all of our listeners a discount, uh, which is amazing. Um, these guys, they're they're from uh, they're from Canada. Uh, they are a just like. Couple. Oh, I actually didn't know, didn't know that. Oh really? Yeah, I didn't know. That. Well, what's funny is they didn't know we were from from Canada either. Huh. So the first time that I linked up with them. So I gotta say something. Every time I meet an American, they say, "Hey, do you know so and so from Canada?" <laughs> so no, we don't know everybody. Yeah, this is case, case in point. We don't know everybody. So the first time. Although now going, I do, because now no. I know that most guys. Yeah, we're going back back and forth about shipping and blah blah blah, and then he's like, "Oh wait a minute, this is your address." Gosh, okay, just hang on. Goes back and type 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 gives us a bit of a better deal because now it's not international shipping and blah 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 mm. so um we started out just with the uh, snagger tools and we were you know tested those for for a bit and um and then we got the door door wedges that came out uh that's really really cool they have a couple new products coming out which we can't really talk about 
but uh, stay tuned for that. But so what they've done is they've offered a discount for all of our listeners. So it's uh, if you enter the discount code DTFF5, it's a 5% discount. And what I was getting at with uh, it's, it's a smaller company. These guys have really tight margins. So for them to be offering a 5 5% discount, I mean, that's that's a big deal. These guys aren't getting rich overnight with the uh, margins that, that they're making there. So while they're offering this, if, if you're even thinking about it, hop on there, grab one or more of their uh, products, try them out for yourselves. I find myself grabbing my, my uh, Snagger tool almost every scene now for something. Um, How many of those do we have right now? Because I, 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 I don't have one. <laughs> three, I, think, I, think I think we have three kicking around. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's, let's get one over to you. Try it out for a bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, like even... At that warehouse fire. Uh, uh, what's up, Rob? Yeah, Rob was busting his yeah. out. I was trying to help Andrew get that two and a half up up that hill, so I tossed mine on there, and all of a sudden it was way easier to advance. Nice. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, we were coupling holes. Uh, one of the couplers was getting a little bit jammed up, so, you know, made, made that a lot easier. So, yeah, we have that. And then maybe I'll throw it over to Carl for the last news. Yeah. RZ masks. Oh yeah, right. Mm-hmm. For all your RZ mask needs, is that what yeah. Matt, all, your, all your mask needs. All your mask, mask needs. needs. <laughs> they are great. They are great. Um, they are great to the point where now we've tested them enough. We're buying them for our entire department, yeah. and uh, so we're getting like forty masks, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but on the back of that. The guys over there were nice enough to finally give us the code that we were looking for. So, if you are looking to get yourself a mask, your department masks, whatever, there is a code that we have which will give you 30% off of your order. 30% off. It's Nuts. like the, it's like the old Contra code. Absolutely. Mm. Up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, B, it's like start. <laughs> <laughs> You shut up and just keep drinking your grape juice over here. <laughs> Test his blood pressure. Uh, <laughs> we uh, so we got the, we got a code and the code is public safety. So if you use the code public safety, up up down down left right. <laughs> you will get thirty percent off of your new RZ mask and filter products. So go over, head over. Type that in. Um, if uh, if you like, once you get them, if uh, you drop us a message, it would be nice to hear that you grabbed one, the code worked, and everything was unky dory, and you were happy with them. We'd love to hear your responses. And if you do end up messaging them, if you just want to tag us in it with hashtag DTFF podcast uh, over on Twitter, or again, if you do it on the Facebook, maybe just link us again, the Volunteer Firefighter Podcast. That would be great. We'd love to know how many of you took up that offer um, and how many you got, and then. Ultimately, what you like what about you it, you yeah. know, you yeah. know, give us some, give us nice. some feedback. I think we're going for we're we're buying M ones, right? We're we're buying M ones because uh, we like the Velcro, we like the neoprene. Um, we're Canadian. Ease of use. We're, well, we're Canadians. We might need it for the cold too. Um, yeah, ease of use. Like I, I really like the M one. I use it a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so we ended up getting a few different versions. Um, the M1 does seem to be the fastest to deploy onto you, right? Like, it's it's nice and quick. Um, it's comfortable. All of them were good, and all of them were great. Um, but the M1 does seem to be the fastest um, to, to get out. And the neoprene's really nice, too. Yeah. So we're going M1. Um, again, tell us which ones you're going for. Tell us what you like and what you like, like about them. 
you know, maybe your choice is different to ours, but... Uh, what about I am responding? I am responding. You know what we, and what we, did we learn about I am responding last night? <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. If you have an administrator, oh, man. an administrator can be a dick. <laughs> yes, and yeah. while you're away on a, on a trip, he can page you out. Fakely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He can send you sure. fake calls. And fake, then... Fake, fake calls to a structure fire. And I kind of... I was privy to it because it might have been my idea. <laughs> yeah, right. But anyways, uh, Ash and Carl got going pretty good. And then... Uh, I was heated, man. Oh. Well, and like we have this one... This one property that's really close to the hall. Large apartment building. Large yeah. apartment. Old... And probably I mean, the biggest hazard in time when yeah. it comes to occupants. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. There's no yeah. sprinklers. Yeah. There's nothing, no. and it's yeah. uh, once it's we tires. talk about it. Like when it when it goes up, it's gonna go. It's, it's gonna be it's all gonna ladders be, on. Everybody's yeah. gonna be mass gonna be mass confusion, mm-hmm. but we're gonna be ladders. Everything, everything's gonna be coming out of that anyway. Water yeah. ladders. Yeah, uh, we'll be running rolls. running across from the hole. <laughs> yeah, yeah. La- apartment packs. Yeah. yeah. So we get this call comes in dee, 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 over the I am responding and I, I look at the address I'm like ah, what's uh, immediately I think it's that place <laughs> so then I, I you know flip over to the Google but 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 yep that's it because obviously I am responding if I hit maps it's going to try to map me from here to there yep. <laughs> it's like drive for four and a half hours <laughs> I, I actually so later on in that night so Kevin's an asshole uh, <laughs> so later on this night structure fire so I mean, what, what I said I said, I said to Kevin Kevin go to bed yeah. leave it alone because we like, think he's kidding at this mm-hmm. point what did Kevin send back he's like no it's real Big fire. Big fire. Right? We still don't believe him. Yeah, like, right, you're, you're an asshole. <laughs> and then Kevin's wife texts me with a photo out their back door of a <laughs> big, glowing skyline. And I'm like, <laughs> oh. Ah, actually, I'm, I'm still thinking, somehow, somehow he figured yeah, it out. Yeah, he must have Somehow he, yeah, what do you remember that photo? Is it, it's a candle or is that, what is so it? So we checked the local news. But yeah, we checked the local news and there was actually a pretty big fire <laughs> that the guys handled very quickly yes. and saved some stuff. Right. We saw the pictures of the interior, because it was exterior fire, um, trying to get interior. Uh, the guys got it, knocked it down right away and the guys that went inside, Kevin sent us a picture of the interior and the curtains were melted and it was probably just minutes, close. minutes yeah, away right. from being yeah. Uh, yeah. being inside but the, the guys get it fast there's the chocolate Jesus <laughs> yeah, yeah the cross <laughs> the cross that it like it melted yeah, uh, yeah but they, they hit it hard it sounds like they hit it really hard and, yeah. and fast happy happy two and a half and the noisy cricket big no, war, no actually they said the they, just, they just use the cross legs. oh really yeah. mm-hmm. oh there you go so, yep. well they, they yeah. got there quick enough they hit it hard yeah. but the, the, the radiant heat had, had melted the blinds on the internal so it was only a matter of time before it had passed the structure from yeah. the external so good job yeah. boys well played really good yeah. job well done yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. missed another one yeah uh, <laughs> Carl didn't sleep through it though nope I was awake for that <laughs> one totally awake <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. actually we, we even had a MVI. Yeah. All the stuff happening while we were away this week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the MVI came in right after that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we, we leave and then we get two two calls. Yeah. We get two fake ones and then two real ones. Mm-hmm. I think it's karma. It was Kev's karma. Yeah. yeah don't call Wolf. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, Todd's actually got some news. Totally and it kinda, it's kind of related to what we've been talking about all day. Yeah, it totally ties into it, unfortunately. Like all news is. So, um, because we've been uh, on the road here and we're hanging out in a trailer with a campfire outside the door, uh, this was actually on um, on the, the 31st, the Friday. Uh, so, Virginia Beach, 12 dead, 
six wounded in Virginia Beach shooting. A disgruntled employee opened fire inside a municipal build, building. So, you know, that unfortunately goes hand in hand with what we've just been learning today, talking about community involvement with uh, other agencies working together, active shooter events, stopping the bleed, hemorrhage control, casualty collection points, you know, all the, all the above. Um, and then, um, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm sure I don't I'm not familiar with them down there. I don't know what they've got for TAC teams and and groups that actually go in and deal with this. But this is right up what we've just been talking about. So it unfortunately is happening still and is going to continue to happen. That's why you know even in our small towns we got to prepare for it. I mean, we don't want it to happen, but you never know. There's a lot of mental mm-hmm. health out there, and it's going to happen sooner or later. Yeah, it's true. It is true. So. so. Definitely thinking about the people, the families, and the uh, responders involved, and I yeah, hope everybody pulls through it okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think we're good, eh? Boys? Yeah. Any, any more for any more? Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm getting thirsty. Yeah? Yep. Yeah. Well, you got, well, you, uh, 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 right. Ash. What? <laughs> good night. Uh, <laughs> Todd. Good, <laughs> good night. Thank you. And Scott. Good night. Let me see this place. Oh, no, it didn't play. Mm, this is why we can't have nice things. Bring me everyone. What do you mean everyone? Everyone! <laughs> <laughs> and there you go. There you have it. Yeah. Thank you very much for listening this We're evening, everybody. Live. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was a great weekend. Stay safe, everyone. Good night.